Happy Friday! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Points with yours truly, Tim Messer. What a week it's been in the sports world with the Major League trade deadline approaching. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim decided to keep Shohei Otani. He responded by pitching his first complete game in Major League Baseball, a one-hit shutout in the first game of a doubleheader against the Detroit Tigers. In the second game, he hit two home runs to help the Angels sweep the Motor City Kitties. I'm an A's fan, so I'm conditioned to intensely dislike the Angels and their fans. But there's no denying Otani is a generational talent an all-star pitcher and outfielder. I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime. Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal was rejected as whistleblowers continued to give damning testimony on his business dealings. Trump was indicted again in the classified documents case, and it was a bad week for political dinosaurs. Joe Biden committed his almost daily gaffe, claiming to have cured cancer. We don't have time to go into the dozens of lies and false stories he's told over the years, statements that have been fact-checked and debunked, but I do think that would be an entertaining topic for a future episode. During a Senate Appropriations Committee markup of bills Thursday morning, 90-year-old Senator Dianne Feinstein seemed to commit a blunder on a vote. Instead of saying the expected response of I or nay, she began to deliver a speech expressing her support of the measure. About 15 seconds into her speech, an aide whispered in her ear. Committee Chair Patty Murray from Washington then told Feinstein, Just say I. I, Feinstein obeyed. Feinstein was later heard voting against another measure before she was corrected and switched to yes. And 81-year-old Mitch McConnell had just begun uh, speaking to reporters on Wednesday when he suddenly froze, looking straight, straight ahead with a blank stare for 18 seconds. It was really weird. Senator John Barrasso from Wyoming, the Senate GOP conference chairman, and a former orthopedic surgeon walked up to the lectern to ask, McConnell, if he was okay, Barrasso and a McConnell aide then helped walk the Senate minority leader to his office down the hall where he stayed for a few minutes before returning to take questions from reporters because he had a concussion. He fell and sustained a concussion a few months back and uh, yeah, people are concerned about his health as well. There's nothing funny about watching these confused elderly people who should be enjoying their retirement years, sipping lemonade on the front porch, stumbling and bumbling on the national stage. Although there are some pretty funny McConnell memes out there right now, I have to admit. What else happened this week? Oh, has anybody seen any clips from the UFO hearings? A former intelligence officer turned whistleblower testified under uh, under oath Wednesday that he's certain the U.S. government is in possession of unidentified anomalous phenomena, also known as unidentified flying objects or UFOs. 
At some point, the government decided to change the term from UFO to UAP because we're always changing things. Anyway, when asked during a House subcommittee hearing whether the government is in possession of UAPs, David Grush said, quote, absolutely, based on interviewing over 40 witnesses over four years. He alleged that executive branch agencies have withheld information about the mysterious objects for years. Grush also was asked if the U.S. has the bodies of pilots who flew any unidentified craft, and he responded that, quote, biologics came with some of these recoveries, end quote, and that they were non-human, uh, whatever biologics means. I'm not smart enough to know, and I haven't looked it up yet. Another witness at Wednesday's hearing, a retired Navy commander for the Black Aces Squadron, testified under oath that he believed UAPs posed a threat to national security. Members of both parties question how Congress should go about investigating the remarkable allegations. A reflection of the increasing willingness by lawmakers to demand the executive branch be more forthcoming about the phenomenon. The UAP issue has gained widespread attention from Congress and the public in recent years with the release of several video recordings of the encounters, which typically show seemingly nondescript objects moving through the air at very high speeds with no apparent method of propulsion. What is interesting to me is how disinterested people are. It's been pretty much met with a collective yawn. You know, when I was a kid, I was pretty fascinated by it. You go to the book fair, give me a sports book, maybe something funny, and a UFO book with pictures and cool stories from people who claim to be abducted or had some other kind of experience. Close Encounters of the Third Kind was huge when I was a kid. Could it be no one is really interested in these hearings? Because there have been more shows and documentaries about it the last couple of years. And people have accepted that maybe there's uh, are some ETs visiting us. Or maybe you don't believe, and whatever you hear won't change your mind. As for me, I don't know one way or the other. But I will say this. There are enough pilots as credible witnesses who have seen aircraft do things they have never seen before like traveling at hundreds of miles per hour, then coming to a complete stop in midair, hovering, changing direction, and zooming out of sight. So what is concerning is, if it isn't some kind of alien spacecraft, that means someone on this planet has developed technology this country's military hasn't developed and doesn't understand. Now, I've never been a UFO conspiracy guy, at least since I was 10, so I'll tell you what I think are the most likely scenarios. One, it's all made up to distract the general public. From what? Who knows? Whatever the cabal doesn't want you to see right now. Two, our military has developed this technology. It's top secret, and they don't want anybody knowing about it. More likely, I suppose, than the little green men theory. Sinead O'Connor died at the age of 56. I only remember her for a few things. A shaved head, her Nothing Compares to You remake of the Prince song that became her smash hit, and when she ripped up the picture of the Pope on SNL. She had lost her son to suicide last year at 17. She wasn't 
a very good state of mind since then. But according to reports, she was planning on releasing a new album and going on tour in 2024. And those are just a few things that happened this week. You know what else happened? I finished watching the quarterback documentary on Netflix, and I highly recommend it. It follows three QBs during the 2022 season, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. What stood out to me is what intense competitors they are and the pain they put their bodies through to play the sport, the preparation, the training, and the steps they have to go to recover from the previous game is incredible. You get a peek into their family lives as well. I have to say my favorite was Cousins, a Christian family man, humble, good sense of humor. His wife seems really nice. He's kind of underrated. Gets kind of a bad rap, but he's still a top 10 quarterback. Mahomes, on the other hand, is the MVP. He's the Magic Johnson of quarterbacks. No look passes, unparalleled field vision, just a playmaker, and of course, a champion. You really get a behind-the-scenes glimpse at how he dealt with that ankle injury during the playoffs. He married his high school sweetheart. They had their second child during the season, and you can tell he loves being a dad. I had heard his wife, Brittany, was a little extra, and you can judge for yourself, but I thought she was all right. Definitely supportive. Oh, one more thing. He did have the foulest mouth of the three, so if you don't like cussing, be warned. Mariota, he had ups and downs with the Falcons, but you can't help but root for the guy. He just hasn't quite panned out in the NFL. He and his team definitely had a roller coaster ride last season. He married his college girlfriend that he met at Oregon, and they were expecting their first child. Spoiler alert, he wasn't on the last few episodes. And before I go, I want to share something with any of you dealing with anxiety. I used to deal with it a lot, and sometimes I still have my moments. I know sometimes I don't even know where the anxiety is coming from, what's causing it. Have you ever been there? Are you in that place right now? Give it to God. I know I have to come to terms with the fact that I'm not in control of my life or the world around me. Only God is. I tell him the sitch, the 411, and I ask him for peace. The peace that he promises us. Whenever I feel it start to come back, I go back to God. He tells us to. It's right there. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. A couple of my favorite verses are found in Philippians. Chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you're struggling with anxiety or stress, I hope you find peace. Thank you for joining me today. Have a great weekend. Please hit that follow button. And remember, be kind to one another. And God bless.